Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. It's like you're trying to kill me. Um, hi. Hey, what's up? Uh, people are getting a little... Mm-hmm. Anxious. Anxious. About this episode. Yeah, I mean, we weren't gonna start the podcast up again until like November, but we figured since, uh, you since know, you guys are asking. Since you asked. We were, we were always gonna come back this week, guys. I'm sorry that we scared you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, someone pointed it out. We don't usually come back till September, so yeah. <laughs> honestly, we're doing you a favor. No, I get it. I get it. It's fine. I, well, I, you know. It's been a long um, summer. We needed this summer break because had... Oh, my God, did we? Can you imagine if we were also trying to make the podcast while having the fucking summer we had? Literally would not work. Um, do you want to start with your summer vacation? Yeah, so I graduated. Yay! I'm done. And she's in the same room with me right now. We're together again. Together again. Ah. <sighs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yep. So I graduated, and then I have driven just like all the way across America. This I I wanted to tally up exactly how many miles I've traveled, but it's a lot—thousands and thousands of miles—and not like in a straight shot. Like she like meandered with people. Yeah. So I went on a road trip for like a month and a half, and we went all across America. And it was time. I saw a lot of things. I saw the desert. I saw the Grand Canyon. It was cool. I Good job it. on not falling into the Grand Canyon. Lots of people oh, do. I did. It was very scary. <laughs> Actually, had I known you were going to the Grand Canyon, I would have hooked you up with donkey rides. My friend Luke uh, leads the donkey rides in the Grand Canyon. Horses and stuff. He and I were roommates. Fun. Yeah. He's Next time. pretty much one of the greatest people alive. Mm-hmm. So... It's true. Um, yeah. So my summer break. Now, I think we should clarify that mm-hmm. Jen's vacation was sort of like not at will. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I mean, it's it was it was traveling with family. I'll yes. just put it that way. Yes. And, and when you get to a certain age, traveling with family for six weeks in a row is is less fun than is yeah like it sounds like a very privileged thing like oh i went and i traveled with my family and truly i would not have been able to do it without family like there's no way i could afford to i mean i can't afford anything on my own still oh i'm unemployed someone hire me um but so yeah it's like feels really shitty to complain about it and i'm not really complaining complaining but, but it's just you couldn't afford it by yourself you also would not have wanted to do it by yourself that's also true so um at least your summer vacation was better than mine yeah uh i got fired <laughs> yeah it's been very dramatic it's been a dramatic summer <laughs> life I, updates so okay so i i will also say i did not actually get fired i got laid off along with all of senior staff from yeah the museum long story short and there are more details but i really don't want to talk about it uh, I don't work for museums anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm no longer a museum bitch. I did land on my feet. Mm-hmm. I have a new job. I'm in software development now. Because you're such a tech nerd. That's what we always say about you. <laughs> That's right. They're like, that Kate, she's uh She knows her way around a computer. Yes. <laughs> knows where the on switch is and everything. That's right. <laughs> well, they kept asking me in these... Um, so I'm the project administrator, which means that 
I make sure... You just yell at people. Yes. Well, <laughs> Which you're very good at that. Thank you. <laughs> Get it done, nerd. <laughs> yeah. That's basically Dan's been training me for this for 10 years. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I'm. they pay me more money. It's significantly closer to my home. They give us free lunch every Friday. Uh, everybody's super nice and nobody seems like emotionally compromised. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's pretty, like, for all the museums I've worked for, that's never been true before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's that's, pretty dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there's a bear in my neighborhood. Oh. Did I tell you that? No. Um, yeah, so for the past three or four weeks in Grand Rapids, we've had a bear, uh, very specifically, around my house. Like, uh-huh. He probably lives at the park down the street. Yeah. Um, You know the park. No. I'm not from here. Well, but like you pass it. Every... I come here. Do you just like and then I leave? The windows on your way. I mean, I see trees and houses, but I didn't know that there was a park. I couldn't tell you where it is, but you are a precious, precious bean. Listen, <laughs> I just picture you driving through Grand Rapids with like just you're like... driving with your elbows, with your hands on the side of your face, like I'm like the grandmother from Mulan, just yes, like exactly. hand over eyes. <laughs> driving and just everyone moves this around this one's me. a lucky one <laughs> yeah that's uh that's pretty much yeah so yeah uh long story short uh it's been a bear of a summer mm. oh you really uh, for the record wound guys, up for that i know <laughs> i i super don't want to talk about not being in museums i'm still very sad uh and like acutely upset about it like i'm starting to cry right now stop it i know um so all you can say to me about it is yay congratulations on the new job i don't want to talk about anything else um side note in the two months that i was unemployed i cleaned my house oh my god it is so clean yeah marie kondo and niecy nash were my twin goddesses Mm -hmm. and my house is clean like even my baseboards are clean guys it's upsetting. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, come over and I'll make you look at my closets because they're organized. Mm. All of my closets are organized. I, I got to say, my baseboards are also clean. You want to know why? Why? Because we bought a house. Yay! Woo! <laughs> See, that sounds exciting, but I also know it's like one of the most stressful things you can it's, do. Yeah. It was like David, like the day after it happened, he was like, I thought I would feel better. <laughs> No, that's sort uh, of like, I mean, like you basically bet a bank all yeah. of your money that you can pay them off in yeah. 30 years. Yeah, uh, it's, we're super excited. We did get a bit of a fixer upper. Um, I mean, it's livable. There was someone living in it before, but they just didn't know how to paint and they chose to paint weird colors. Well, paint isn't a big deal. As long as there's no like actual like foundation issues or yeah. It could be worse. It could be worse. And hey, so. you didn't get fired from anything. No, but I just didn't get hired for anything. Not yet. They, they will take you on soon enough. Mm-hmm. And then you can be my anchor baby. Ah. And I'll get back into museums ah. on your back. Yes. <laughs> the long con. The long con. Uh, so let's talk about what we're actually here to talk about. You guys didn't come here for our life updates because you get that every day on Facebook. Whether you want it or not, mm-hmm. it's just me screaming about liberals and, uh, no, wait, hang on. That sounded like the backwards of what it oh, is. Oh, you libjards. Oh, don't say that word in this house. I'll kick you I, out. Oh, it's, I, it felt very, very, it was a very bad mouth feel. I'm sure. I've oh. never, I've never uttered that word out loud. It's so bad. 
It's not a good one. Well, okay, so let's just jump in. Um, Welcome back, everyone, to this podcast is haunted. It's been a long summer, but we're in it for the long haul, and we're back, right. baby. We are back, baby. Wah, 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 wah. Pew, 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 pew. Okay. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about today? Well, in case this is your first time uh, listening, I'm Jen. That's Kate. <laughs> Oh, yeah, don't start on season four. Go back. Go back. Literally, no, well, do, I don't know. We lay some important groundwork back there. Yeah, but we also improved in quality a bit. A bit. A bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry we suck so hard, guys. Thanks for listening anyway. You guys, Uh, you need to win it. So uh, today, we, um, I just kind of decided on a whim. I was like, what haven't we done before? Australia. (laughs) Australia. No. That's... (laughs) <laughs> what culture can we um, horribly offend today? And we know we have listeners over there. We do? We Girl, do? Yes. Okay. I, you, under yeah, a rock. a couple people on our Facebook page who we should mention. I'm like, so sorry. <laughs> to our friends down under. I'm so sorry for what's about to happen. <laughs> we would like to formally thank you, Australia, for a few things. Uh, first off, that one picture of a snake eating a flying fox and they're just like entangled in each other to the death. What? I love that picture. (laughs) Uh, Two, I would like to thank you for having like the gold standard of spiders. Like Mm. no matter how big the spiders are in my house here in Michigan, they're never as big as your spiders. I would like to thank you for that. And I would like to thank you for keeping all those spiders contained on your own continent. I know that you know, that continent is very contained because it's a classic risk strategy to just take Australia and then take over the world from there. Oh. Have you ever played that game? No, because okay. I don't. You're not a nerd. It's no, I am a nerd. <laughs> and I yell at nerds professionally. Yes. However. Different kind. I can't do anything that takes longer than 45 minutes or I'll shoot myself. Yeah, that game can be a long time. Yeah. But it's shorter if you take Australia first. Okay, good to know. Now we'll know how to win. It's very defensible. <laughs> So we also want to thank you for Heath Ledger. May he rest in peace. Mm. Uh, Hugh Jackman, may he live forever. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Yep, solid. She's an angel. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Uh, I want to marry her. I mean, everyone, literally everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the Hemsworths. Oh. Thank you for the Hemsworths. Even the lesser Hemsworths. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you they even have really hot cousins. Like... <gasps> Like all three Hemsworths are in, like, because the one of them's in in Westworld. You mm-hmm. watch Westworld. Oh, and even then, yes. you're like, I'd still fuck I'd him. still do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he could get it. Like, even the least hot Hemsworth is like, still hotter than your average well, dude. All of Australia seems to be hotter than average. Like, I, they're all like. A I don't s- know that that's true. Standing by it, <laughs> okay. they all seem to be like a solid seven. Yeah. Like, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, an Australian three is like a Michigan nine. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this goes to say that we uh, we forgive you for all of your goodness. Uh, we forgive for, you for Mel Gibson. For, oh, yep, mm-hmm. all of your goodness. We we forgive you based on that goodness. I mean, for Mel Gibson. One part of me wonders if he has just spent too much time in here. here? If yeah. we ruined him, the, that's yeah. possible. Who's, whose fault is it really? Uh, you know what? I think we can at least take a solid fifty percent on that. Yeah. So yep. we forgive you for your half. And we're sorry about Johnny Depp and his dogs. Oh my God! Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> He's weird. That's not our fault. Yeah. That's anyway, Tim fault. Uh, happy end of winter to you guys. Yeah. Down thanks there. for being weird like that. Love mm-hmm. you guys. 
Um, so as we're talking about Australia, talking about spooky shit from Australia, mm-hmm. I found a really dope article that I'm going to uh, very obviously tell you Quote exactly. from Whole Cloth, yeah. Yeah, from Whole Cloth. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to credit it thoroughly. Yes. <laughs> Y'all put the fear of God in us this summer. So the title of this... <clears throat> mm-hmm. Read along, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Australian ghost stories detail a very isolated, lonely brand of terror. Jesus. Uh-huh. From Vice. Uh, that was written October 30th of 2015 by Wendy Seifert, who therein interviews... Uh, let me flip through my pages here. Who mm, interviews... Mm, analog page flipping. That's right. <laughs> that's... Because <laughs> I have to print all this stuff off. You're an old lady. I'm an old lady. I highlight things by hand, son. Mm. Um, so you have a highlighter. Oh, I bought a new pack handy. today. I bought a new pack of highlighters. That does look very fresh. Thank you. They are fresh. And I want you to notice that they have the clear tip. <gasps> so you can see what you're highlighting. Tell me that's not sex. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's straight sex. <gasps> I got three colors. You want the orange one? I never use the orange one. You, what kind of life do you live where you like, know you don't use a certain color of I, highlighter? I super hate the color orange. Okay. Orange and brown. Uh, <clears throat> so... It was written October 30th of 2015. Expertly highlighted by myself. That's right. (laughs) Uh, This is Wendy Seifert, and she is interviewing... Where's his name? Did you not highlight it? I did highlight it. Okay. There's a lot of highlighting. All right. Uh, Are you one of those that highlights the entire page? This is how I know I read it. (laughs) Oh, good Lord, yes. Uh, and then when I have too much highlighting and I want to pull something out of the highlights. Do you highlight in a different color? Or do you I, under- Holy mother of God. I underline in a pen. Oh, God. You know, I'm a highlighter, Jen. Yes. I like to take copious notes. Someday for like money, I think we should, because I have a copy of all of our show notes. Yeah. Uh, everything that I've ever used on the show, mm-hmm. I have in a box and the boxes are right over there. And so we could just, like, sell that someday. Yeah. Like a, Would you guys pay money for that? Sound <laughs> off in the comments. Please let us know. I can print you off my, my notes that I type on my computer. Like a millennial. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm an elder millennial. I don't uh, do things on the computer. Elder millennial. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this interview is discussing with Ken Gilder, who is a professor at the University of Melbourne. And Melbourne. He, Melbourne. Melbourne. You're such a nerd. Uh, he Melbourne. The, Fucking Michigander. Can't help it. I am who I am. I also say, well, actually, I kind of use soda and pop interchangeably. I use soda. New York. No, honestly, where I'm from is Pop Nation, but literally someone presented a very convincing argument for why it should be called soda, and I was like, you're right. And so I changed my ways. I just like soda because it's a prettier word. It is a prettier word. Soda. And pop is a noise. Soda is an ingredient. It's soda water. They just say pop because of bubbles. And that's... that's. Are, are you done? I've introduced this article like three times. Eventually we'll get there. Please go on. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> anyway, uh, University of where? Me- Melbourne. Okay. I'm also pronouncing it wrong, but it's closer. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, I'm trying to stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, so he's edited The Horror Reader, and he works across the genre fiction, Australian literature, colonial and post-colonial issues. And I thought what the questions that they were asking here were very interesting and kind of like on brand for us. Mm. Uh, For example, the first question, looking over scary stories Australians have written or performed over the past 200 years, do you see any themes emerge? And he says, yes, 
this is Ken Gelder, uh, one is that Colonial Australia has had more lunatic asylums per capita than any other place in the world. So I think we should recover this subject someday. Yeah, we could do like Australian asylums. Yeah. Probably a lot of fodder there. So for the absolutely uninitiated, uh, Australia uh, started out as a penal colony. Penal? Yep. (laughs) Sorry. You couldn't have used a different word? I could have, but you know what? I chose not to. Because uh, I know you. And I know our brand. Um, so after they stopped shipping convicts to Georgia, here, because we rebelled and we're like, we're going to be our own fucking country. They're like, fuck, what do we do with all our prisoners? And they're like, I know. Let's send them to Australia. Let's send them across the other ocean. Yeah. Anyway, so for people who don't know, that's how it started out. And so that's probably has something to do with the yeah. number of asylums there. because well, And the time period, too. Yeah. Uh, they were sending kind of uh, Regency onward. was mm-hmm. also saw a marked rise in asylum institution work mm-hmm. uh, across European culture mm-hmm. and American culture. Um, so there's, there's a couple things factoring in there. Uh, the next question that Wendy Seifert asks is, what can we learn about Australians from what we fear? And I thought that was really interesting. Spiders. Not spiders. What? They directly Oh, that's say, because, yeah, honestly, you guys probably have zero fear. Yeah, they don't care anymore. Oh, my God. Or the snakes, the 40 fucking foot snakes. They don't even bet a fucking eye. You guys are more powerful than us. Do you remember? Exactly. That's why risk. They don't fear. <laughs> they don't fear the spiders like do we do. Do you remember when Chris Hemsworth was like, look at this 40 foot fucking snake going across my backyard? No. And he was like, I just brought the kids inside. Like, he didn't even do anything about it. This is what happens. Also in the South with like alligators and shit where they're just like, eh, just like don't go over there. And we're like, ah! Losing our goddamn minds. Can I tell you something really true? What? I super love alligators. I think they're the cutest. And when I retire and like disappear from civilization... I'm going to become a swamp witch who has a cherry. I mean, that part I didn't doubt, but, like, still giving you side eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to have, like, a, like a little family of gators. I just and... have this image of you as, like, that little granny from uh, The Princess, Princess and the, and the Frog. Frog. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be the white version of that granny. Just... Yeah, let's not. I mean, we're going to avoid all the cultural insensitivity there, but. Yep. Uh, just uh, the white lady version of yeah, that yeah. Uh, without, you know, crossing any major lines. Uh, anyway, so here's what Ken Gelder says about what you can learn from Australians from what they fear. Nothing. They fear nothing, and they're more powerful. Anyway, <laughs> go on. Outside of institutions, what haunts Australians are massacres and killings. Mm. Australia has a history of that kind of thing, going back to colonial massacres of Aboriginal people repercussive mm-hmm. killings of colonial families, mm-hmm. and then the trials of Aboriginal people for those murders. That goes right through to the backpacker and Snowtown murders. Mm. So even though Australians uh, have a lot of nature to fear, mm-hmm. what they fear is each other. Fascinating. You know, it's kind of a society thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they also... It's uh, almost a very evolved way of thinking where it's like, listen, it's not the spider's fault. <laughs> it's you for being in the spider space. Yeah. Yeah. They also talk about how in the very first part of this article, pardon my ASMR here. Stop it. Oh Probably God. just peaked. <laughs> Sure he did. Um, so this is from Wendy Seifert at the top of the article. Our anxieties are fed by our murky past. The European population descended from terrified castoffs 
sent to an unknown place where the only certainty was that the land would eventually kill them. <laughs> People regularly wandered out into the bush, desert, or billabongs and were never seen again. Mm-hmm. With a population haunted by the possibility of a lonely, unseen death, it's no surprise that during colonial times we boasted the highest rate of lunatic asylums per capita around the world. Mm. In the centuries since white settlement, we've only added human terror to our ominous landscape, brutalizing the indigenous population with acts of cruelty and violence. Isn't that fascinating? Just like the yeah. way that they're looking at fear as a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So they they end the article or the interview talking about uh, this. <laughs> We've really focused on European culture, but I want to talk about indigenous stories too, says Wendy. Mm-hmm. Ken responds with, we're only supposed to have one truly indigenous ghost story, the bunyip. Although some, what? <laughs> I know, it's a great word. Bunyip. Wow. Uh, they have it capital B-U-N-Y-I-P. Okay. Although some people speak about the bunyip as though it's real, and I don't discredit that, says Ken. Mm-hmm. Ken continues, it's usually tied to settlers and water holes, mm-hmm. probably relating to the massacre of Aboriginal people at water holes. And it describes a white cow-like creature. Put a pin in that cow-like idea. We're going to come back to that. Okay. Uh, a white cow-like creature. Obviously, that's not an indigenous image. So Wendy continues. Oh, because cows aren't indigenous. Exactly. Wendy continues. It was absorbed by settlers as a way of scaring kids to keep them away from the bush. It's, mm. it's interesting that the seed of settlers' fear is the landscape, and the seed of indigenous fear is what the settlers brought and what they did. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense, because it's, yeah, the Aborigines know the land and have been on the land, you know, the whole time. Right. And they're the one. yeah, they have to fear the settlers who are coming in and massacring them, which is very fair and accurate, and... I mean, here in the U.S., we have very similar crimes, so right. we're all on the same page there. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> colonialism it pretty much has this way of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ken finishes up with, there might even be an argument saying indigenous people didn't originally have ghost stories because they were connected to the land. Hmm. The spirits they interacted with were benign and structured to their connection to the land. Mm-hmm. The spirit settlers connected with I'm sorry. The spirit settlers connected to were spirits that displaced and disconnected you. They reminded you that you were out of place. That's mm-hmm. the difference between ghosts and spirits, and I think they're two separate things. So, obviously, I had to be interested in the bunyip. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, one, great word. What is this word? <laughs> bunyip. It's fun to say, bunyip. And I think if you say it like you're Australian, bunyip, <laughs> it's only more fun. <laughs> Uh, it just sounds like bunion to me. Yeah, that's a great word. It's a great word. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the bunyip. I'm mm-hmm. here quoting Wikipedia, my old lover and yeah. friend, mm-hmm. uh, a good general yes. source. Um, if you're looking for something uh, of a higher quality than Wikipedia, I'm sure we can make some Look suggestions. Look elsewhere. <laughs> right. But uh, this ain't the show for you. We make dick jokes here, friends. We make dick jokes yeah. and we love Wikipedia. Occasionally we cite JSTOR. Yeah. It's Every so often we get fancy. Yeah. Uh, but only when I've had time to tell Callie to do my homework for me. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. Shout out to Callie. The who does secrets. All my <laughs> Looking oh. behind the, uh, the old curtain here. Uh, so let's take a look at this. Uh, the bunyip. I'll never Jesus. get over saying that word. I love that word. 
Mm -hmm. uh, is a mythical creature. Some people also will put it under the category of cryptid Cryptid. because people insist that they've seen it. Um, It's a large creature uh, said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. From what I can tell, it's like a clothing store from the mid 2000s. Yes. (laughs) It's where you find the Volcom Stone. Underneath the You can also find a bunyip wandering around the clothing. I think it's um, a saltwater swamp. Cool. Like a lagoon. All right. But I'm not a thousand on that. Um, I'm sorry I put you on the spot there. We for sure don't have them in Michigan. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, are you going to Google it right now? Okay. <laughs> but like not the store. Not the store. <laughs> That's not helpful. I feel like if you went like Billabong natural, no, they probably just have like a cotton blend. No! Yep. Apparently only the clothes. Ah, 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 ah. It's an Australian term for an oxbow lake. Oh. I'm glad I checked that because we were wrong and y'all would have yelled at us. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Billabong, um, come on. You couldn't just call an oxbow like maybe it's an average. I think it's an average term. Yep. <laughs> yep. We're culturally insensitive again. <laughs> white people being white people. Yeah. Anyway. Why don't you just call it by the English term? Just adjust yourself. Yeah. So the origin of the word bunyip actually does translate it's uh it's a pre-colonial word from the Wemba Wemba or Wurgat sorry, I'm gonna butcher this one, Wurgaya language. Uh these are this is part of the language used by the Aboriginal people of Victoria, which is in southeastern Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, the figure of the bunyip uh, was part of traditional beliefs and stories throughout Australia, though. It's shared across... We, we will say Aboriginal as if it's monolith, just like we say Native American. Yep. But there's actually like a lot of variance and tribal difference, so mm-hmm. uh, I'll address that when I can and when I know the difference, because mm-hmm. I don't always know. I'm anxious to learn more. If you have more sources, let me know. So the word is actually translated by Aboriginal Australians to mean devil or evil spirit. It's really the only negative thing that they have. Hmm. In fact, um, are you familiar with the rainbow serpent? No. A huge snake that might be the creator of everything. And they That's they talk. very on brand for Australia. <laughs> Isn't that so Australia? <laughs> um, so they're, they're, they have uh, pictograms of this huge, beautiful snake shape. And it, it discusses the, the similarities between a rainbow shape and a snake and how that's kind of like a circle of the world, but also represents the seasons. And um, it's just kind of interesting and cool. I have more about that in just mm-hmm. a second. Um, so it's possible that uh, the bunyip wasn't a negative creature before colonialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that um, that's a... The word bunyip, meaning evil or devil, mm-hmm. is a contemporary mm-hmm. translation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's white people putting the world in context that they understand. And they're like, big snake scary. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, not snake, but yes. In fact, right. in this case, um, remember, we first described it as a large white cow. Uh-huh. This next one says, uh, in 1812, the word bunyip first appeared in the Sydney Gazette. It was used by James Ive to describe, quote, a large black animal, like a seal, very much not like a cow, 
Uh, <laughs> Sounds like y'all can't get your story straight. <laughs> it's also known for having a very terrible voice, which creates terror. Uh, the author goes on to say, the 1812 author says, among the blacks, meaning Aboriginal people. Uh, maybe we cut that out. I wasn't going to include it in the original quote, but it is on the... We should acknowledge that it was terrorizing indigenous people as opposed to colonizers. Okay. Okay. So that's fine. I mean, we're the past is full of landmines of racism, and so it's like you gotta acknowledge I just, that. It always sets. It's like a personal thing for me because it happens in my family a lot. <sighs> uh, people will refer to the group of people. Mm-hmm. So, like you know. During the war, my grandfather would write about the Japs. As if everyone's like grandfather team. did. <laughs> I know. And listen, we're a family from Button Harbor. Uh-huh. Things have carried on. Yes. In the way that they do. Yeah. And it ends with me. So I'm not going to carry that on. Yeah. Uh, the descriptions of, Vun- of. Did I say bunions? Yeah, I think it's in your head now. No. <laughs> I got in there. <laughs> the descriptions of bun yips go on to uh, differ even more wildly. Um, the someone's <laughs> like anyone sees any dang thing, and they're like, ah, bun yip. <laughs> honest to God, just you fucking wait. Okay. Uh, the Murundi people have an account that they refer to as a bun yip, meaning a water spirit. Uh, appearing in the Murray River before 1847. Mm -hmm. It was much dreaded by them. It inhabits the Murray, but they have some difficulty describing. Its most usual form is said to be that of an enormous starfish. Again, Um, quite different from um, cow and seal. um, Okay, is it land-based or not? (laughs) The water is really the only thing that's... Water. It's definitely. water. Water-based. So, like, river swamps, river beds where belongs. did cows come in? White water cow? I don't know. Water man. buffalo. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, the Chalicum bunyip, which is an outline image of a bunyip carved by Aborigines in the bank of Fiery Creek near Arat, uh, was first recorded by the Australian Australasian newspaper in 1851. Uh, the bunyip had been speared after killing an Aboriginal man, according to this report. Um, Renell Johns, an antiquarian, claimed that until the mid-1850s, Aboriginal people had made a habit, quote, habit of visiting the place annually and retracing the outlines of a figure of the bunyip, which is about 11 paces long and four paces in extreme breadth. The outline of the image no longer exists. Mm. Um... <laughs> Uh, over overreaching mm-hmm. we have that 60% of the sightings resemble seals or swimming dogs 20% of the sightings are long-necked creatures with small heads uh, the seal dog variety is most often described as being between 4 and 6 feet long with a shaggy brown or black coat The uh, according to the reports these bunyips have round heads resembling a bulldog, prominent ears no tail, whiskers like a seal or an otter. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> the long-necked variety is allegedly between 5 and 15 feet long. Oh. Big difference there. Oh. Big difference. Mm-hmm. It's said to have black or brown fur, large ears, small tusks, a head like a horse or an emu. Ah. Very different heads, those. No. <laughs> Not the same at all. Uh, an elongated maned neck about 3 feet long with many folds of skin and a horse-like tail. 
So I don't like that. Right? None of that's, <laughs> that's a fun lot at all. I think the many folds of skin is really where they lose me. I don't care for folds. <laughs> I know I have a lot of them, but <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like those dogs. It's an uncomfortable like, way to describe something. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. Um, so uh, the bunyips, according to the Aborigines, can swim swiftly with fins or flippers, mm-hmm. and they have a loud roaring call. Cro- roaring call. They feed on crayfish, which fucking delicious. Who can blame them? Have you ever had a crayfish? No. Oh, tasty. I don't know about that. <laughs> some, legends, <laughs> some legends do portray them as the bloodthirsty predators of humans, particularly women and children, uh, and allegedly their eggs are laid in platypus nests. You, There's a lot going on Is there, it just right? like a big old platypus then? Like, Who's to say, Jen? Neither you nor I. I've never been to Australia, and I go to bed at 9.30, so I'll probably never seen it. <laughs> this is a not-Kate problem. I go to bed at 9.30. Yeah. Now, they do have some theories going about where this whole mania came from. Well, and mania is not a fun thing to say. Uh, legend, where this legend came from. Mm-hmm. The, the real roots. <laughs> Writing in 1933, Charles Fenner suggests that it was likely, quote, an actual origin of the Bunyip myth lies in the fact that from time to time, seals have made their way up the Murray River and oh. the Darling River. Uh, he provides a couple examples of, of seals making their way inland and, and possibly surprising people. Mm-hmm. Uh, another suggestion is that the bunyip might be a cultural memory from extinct Australian marsupials, uh, such as uh, the dip yep. rhododon. Oh, yeah. You guys can Google those on your own. That sounds like a dinosaur. <laughs> right. Uh, this connection was first formally made by Dr. George Bennett of the Australian Museum in 1871. In the early 1990s, paleontologist Pat Vickers-Rich and geologist Neil Archbold cautiously suggested that Aboriginal legends, quote, perhaps had stemmed from an acquaintance with prehistoric bones or even the living prehistoric animals themselves. Mm. So it could just be the ghost of the oral tradition Mm -hmm. uh, feeding its way forward and changing minutely over time to describe something that used to be very well rooted in mm-hmm. reality. Right. And now is something different. Yeah, that one that one particular iteration with the like emu head, folds of skin, horse tail <laughs> definitely sounds like a game of telephone. <laughs> it certainly does. Uh, there have been a number of accounts post-colonization from European settlers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But often it seems to be a recurring theme that these recounts were used to scare people off of certain areas, Mm. whether they be people who were looking to expand land, find gold, or if they were simply trying to keep children out of the bush. And there are some very realistic reasons for why you would do that. Yeah. Uh, Because Australia is fucking terrifying. Yeah, especially if you don't know... How to survive out there, which most European colonizers did Completely not. Completely not prepared for, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, for example, one of the earliest accounts. Uh, it was just um, large bones found in 1818. Uh, they never actually called the animal a bunyip, but they described the, relain- the remains of a creature very much like a hippopotamus or a manatee. Mm. Neither of which, of course, live in that area. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting thing. Uh, we also found Wellington Cave fossils, 1830. Uh, this was a more significant discovery. 
Uh, it was some quadruped much larger than the ox or buffalo uh, found by Bushman George Rankin and later by Thomas Mitchell. And for a while was considered convincing proof of the deluge uh, by Reverend John Dunmore Lang, which is Oh, like Noah's, Noah's flood. flood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't nice of me. You know, I once uh, worked with this very religious person who said that if you looked at the pyramids, you could see uh, they had like a high watermark on them, like a stain left behind. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's proof. That's proof that there was a biblical flood. And I always just like, little baby angry pagan atheist Kate was like yeah. or it could just be different stones right like on the Washington Monument um exactly but there is also uh, mentions of huge floods in other uh Near East ancient texts so it could have been a local flood you know yeah. it's in the epic of Gilgamesh didn't I need know. to necessarily cover the entire world and kill all the unicorns and dinosaurs yeah uh, we actually have um, the 1847 Australian Museum, Bunyip. Bunyip. Yep. Still fun to say. Still fun. <laughs> uh, it, that, can, that is included in there in the image here of the purported Bunyip skull, which is, it looks almost bird-like. Uh, January of 1846, a peculiar skull was taken by a settler from the banks of the Murrumbridge, nope, from the banks of a river. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> um, all right, hang on, I'm going to try. Yep. M U R R U M B I D G E E. Murumbidgee. No. Oh, no. Right? Same sorry. Murumbidgee. I'm sorry if we're getting this wrong. Please Send us, us your best uh, take on <laughs> whatever that, that is. word. Uh, initial reports suggested the skull was something unknown to science. Uh, The squatter who found it remarked all the natives to whom it was shown called it the Bunyip. By July of 1847, several experts, including W.S. McClay and Professor Owen, had identified the skull as the deformed fetal skull of a foal or calf. At the same time, the purported Bunyip skull was put on display at the Australian Museum in Sydney for two days. Visitors flocked to see it. The Sydney Morning Herald reported that many people spoke out about their Bunyip sighting. So it's kind of like... That moment was sort of like our dog, man. Mm. So these <laughs> everything every cryptid is compared to our our dog, man. Listen, I love the dog, man. Yes, it's very rare that Michigan has anything to talk about that's like cool. Just so ours. <laughs> don't take this away from me. Yeah. Um. So those those sightings continue. Uh. One note from this is that uh the bunyip is very possibly closely related to a piece of Ojibwa mythology, which I hmm. wanted to point out because I thought it was very cool. So the the Ojibwa mythology is of the underwater panther. Have you ever heard of that? No. So the underwater panther, pardon me while I flip pages, <clears throat> uh, is Algonquin, Ojibwan, kind of Great Lakes Basin up to the northeastern woodlands mm-hmm. uh, piece of mythology. And it's typically called uh, the great cat, the underwater panther, something like that. Um, it has cat paws and cat head, mm-hmm. but its back is often scaly, sometimes feathered, uh, but considered incredibly long and serpentine. And its call sounds like uh, the, uh, the, a great hiss or the storm, big waves coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's um, often just the Great Lakes. It is in opposition of the Thunderbirds. So the Thunderbird 
represents oh. the powers of the air uh-huh. and the great cat. Uh-huh. Uh, wait, hang on. They also had another word for it. So the Ojibwa word is Mishipeshu uh, or Mishbeju in Ojibwa. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I'm pretty close. I'm pretty sure that's very close because I spoke enough Ojibwa on my last job before I got fucking fired. <laughs> Sorry. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Let's not talk about yeah. it. <laughs> um, so it was also occasionally Gichianami Bizu, which is uh, translates to the fabulous Night Panther. Fuck yes. Don't you wish you could tell Stan Lee about that now? Can you imagine fabulous how Fabulous Night Panther. Fantastic. So these were water monsters that lived in opposition of Thunderbirds. They had the body of a wild feline, often a cougar or lynx, the horns of a deer or a bison, uh, and long upright scales on its back. You can see from some of its pictograms that I've printed off here that it kind of has... From um, some of my visual aids that only I can see. Whatever. (laughs) You guys can all use Wikipedia, too. (laughs) Um, Just type in fabulous night. Panther. I can't wait to see what that comes up with. Yeah. It has uh, kind of pointed scales across its back that sort of remind me of um, that dinosaur that has the plates on its back. Stegosaurus. Excellent. Boom. Um, One interesting thing that I liked about the Fabulous Night Panther. Fabulous Night Panther. Is that it protects Fabulous Night Panther. Yes. Sorry. Do you need a pill? Are you okay today? <laughs> I just went. I transitioned straight from coffee to Coke. Okay. No, the Coke that you handed me, but yes. <laughs> I was like, you know. You know. I do know. Right well. I'm being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so this copper... Uh, of course, Michigan has a huge amount of the purest copper in the world. Did you know that our copper is the purest copper in the world? So pure. So, no, I didn't know. You know. Mm-hmm. The, co- the Pure the Michigan. Copper, pure copper Michigan. Much like our cocaine. <laughs> so pure. So pure. Uh, anyway, so so uh, Native Americans were harvesting copper oh. from the Upper Peninsula well before white colonization. And so uh, they would use it. They would have these particular hot rocks that they would use to boil water in pots or... Um, they hammered into wonderful hammers. It's a very good metal. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a and because it's the purest copper in the world, it has mm-hmm. a very specific atomic signature. And we know that it was a really popular trading thing. So we've actually found Michigan copper having been traded all the way down to South America. Amazing. Isn't that cool? Purest oh. copper in the world. <laughs> a lot of it went to the Seminoles, too, which I think oh. is interesting, that there was kind of a mm-hmm. Florida to Michigan trade. There still is. Yes, there it's is. It's just an old people now. We call them snowbirds. <laughs> <laughs> so one of you. We give them our old. They give us, I don't know. The sun. <laughs> they give us not having our old. <laughs> right. Anyway, so uh, the bunyip, I thought, was just a really interesting uh, cultural cryptid. And that's what I wanted to share about today. That is, you know, I feel like this is, this first episode back is like us back on our bullshit fully because you picked a cryptid and I picked the most haunted house in Australia because goddamn I love me a good haunted house. You do, and goddamn I love me a good cryptid. Mm. Reunited, Mm. everything feels so good. Yep, back in business. So, on that note... Yeah, let's hear it. You want to hear? I can't wait. All right. So uh, I am covering the Monte Cristo homestead. Oh, I could go for a Monte Cristo right now. Can we all? Do you know what that is? It's a sandwich. Have you ever had it? No. All right. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose your shit. Okay. 
a Monte Cristo, especially if you can get one from Disneyland or Disney World, will change your life. <laughs> so it is... It's very specific. Yes. Did they invent it or are they just really good at what they do? I have no idea where it was invented, uh, but if you want food and you can get food from Disney World, do it. <laughs> it's better. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it's a sandwich. Um and in Disney World, they double batter it. That's important. <laughs> but if you and I were to make it, I would just make it um, French bread, uh-huh. um, French toast. So it's a French toast sandwich. I'm sorry. You use two pieces of French toast, <laughs> and then you fill it with, um, some people do ham and turkey. Oh, my God. And Swiss cheese. Uh, and then powdered sugar on the outside, and you dip it in raspberry. Uh, There's a lot going on here. Yes, but trust me. It's dope. <laughs> I will make them for you. We'll have them for brunch sometime. Sweet and savory. The best combination. Yeah. All right. So Monte Cristo, you were saying. Monte Cristo. Now, I, some uh, some people, one person on a video in Australia called it Monte Cristo. So if you pronounce, but I also heard someone else say Monte Cristo. So who's to say how it's really pronounced? So I'm just going to say Monte Cristo. Yeah, Monte Cristo feels French. Yeah. Not right? No. Go ahead. There's an E at the end, so I'm going to go with the Count of Monte Cristo version. Delight. By the way, all of my sources come from various uh, sites of various repute. Uh, The first is the actual, you can go visit uh, Monte Cristo Homestead, um, and their home website is montecristo.com.au. Charming. Um, I also got information from the Daily Mail and the Daily Telegraph, quality news sources all around, and Wikitree, which is not Wikipedia, but basically. (laughs) Uh, Most of it's from Wikitree, I'll be honest. So, the year 1841, uh, Christopher William Crawley is born. Uh, in Sydney, Australia, to parents William and Ellen, uh, who are Irish immigrants. Immigrants or? Immigrants. Because the last convict transports to Australia were in 1840. So it is just on the cusp of this transition into uh, what they referred to as a free society. Oh, sure. (laughs) Free for the white people. Yes. (laughs) This is, yes. Um, So the population of Sydney at the time was like 35,000. So not small, but you know, it's, it's still starting out still Mm -hmm. on, it's on the up and up though. Getting started. Um, But uh, 10 years later in 1851, gold was discovered in Australia, which started their own gold rush which is very close to the 49 gold rush. So this gold rush brought in thousands of more immigrants looking to get rich. Um, And by 1871, the population of Sydney reached 200,000. So we're in a time of like a lot of expansion happening. Absolutely. A boom, if you will. A boom, a gold rush, if you will. Um, Stop adjusting the size of your window, Jen, because then everything gets fucked up and moves and you can't read it. Okay. (laughs) that's just a personal note at some point christopher meets elizabeth carr um, and they get married in tamut uh new south wales this is all in the province of new south wales by the way okay which is also in the southeast quadrant 
of Australia. I know my geography. I had to do some Googling. That's where all this background information about Sydney was. I was like, I don't know anything about Australian history. So what's going on? Here's what we're learning yeah. today. Um, so Christopher and Elizabeth marry in 1862. And then they move to a small, a very, very small village called Junee, southwest of Sydney. And they were able to buy two different plots of land in 1876. So that's like, you know, a few years after they were married. um, Under the Robertson Act of 1861, which is very similar to our Homestead Act here, if you are familiar. Mm -hmm. Basically, they wanted people to settle the more rural areas and so what kind of people Jen? white people of course so they invited white people i don't know in in our case in the homestead act they actually specifically advertised to germans Hmm. in the homeland of germany they were like hey if you want to immigrate to america we'll give you free land you just have to improve it over a few years that's really interesting i didn't know it was specifically to germans yeah, thought. it might have been to a few other, Scotland, like, cause... Scandinavians. Like, I don't like Scotland because, like, that's too close to Ireland and you never know. That's true. So, like, the whole Midwest is, like, Scots-Irish were in, the, in Appalachia. Uh, yep, that's true. You're right. So, it's all the Germans and Norwegians and Who's stuff. Settled, like, Minnesota and Wisconsin and a little bit Michigan, not so North much. Dakota because North I learned Dakota. all about that. <laughs> <laughs> In the State Museum in Bismarck. Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that actually, that makes sense, actually, given the time period. Scottish, mm-hmm. the Scots were already here. They had been here pre. Yeah. So that's how, that was the deal in the U.S. I don't know specifically who they were advertising to with the Robertson Act, but it was a similar deal where you get plots of land. Um, the Crawleys got one plot of land that was 400 acres and another that was 120 acres for like one pound per acre i think yes um and so they just had to this weird traffic okay i was like what is this it's a bear yeah it sounded like a howl um anyway so they just had to like make improvements to it like they had to start farming it and build you know, homesteads. Set up wells. Yeah, they're homesteading. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they build a slab hut on the land and begin farming and just doing what you're doing. And that kind of life doesn't really get you anywhere fast. It's, you know, you can, it's it's a hard life, basically, mm-hmm. homesteading. But they were able to find success when they acquired a license to build the Railway Hotel in 1877. And then someone else built the railway store. And at the time, those were the two largest buildings in the village. It was those two buildings and then some slab huts. So a lot of business from the townspeople would have gone to those two industries. Yes, except the funny thing is, it's a hotel and a store, both named after the railway. The railway wasn't connected yet. (laughs) Was it just like, build it and they will come? No, it was... They got tipped off that the railway was a coming. And so I'm sure to the average person, it was like, why are you building a hotel that's called the Railway Hotel when there's no railway here? You guys are stupid. You guys are stupid. It was a whole Noah's Ark situation. <laughs> like, you'll see. Wink. God told me. 
Uh, so yeah, they got he got tipped off that the railway, the the Great Southern Railway line would open in June in 1878, the next year. So he builds this hotel uh, that was going to be opposite what would become a busy railway station, and so Smart. that is where he makes his money. <laughs> Do, do, do. So Junie suddenly became super busy with travel and trade, uh, making the Crawleys very wealthy. He bought up more land, adding up to almost the entire area of present day Junie. Wow. Yeah. And he basically became a town founder. He was like the most important man in town. But they are very devout Catholics. And so... Uh, he donated a parcel of land to the church and helped finance the construction of St. Joseph's Church there. And they also helped build a school, so, they you know. some good. Yeah. Some good. And they also built in 1885, which coincidentally is the same year that my new house was built. 1885. Your house is that old? It is. Wow. I sure hope it's not haunted. I sure hope it is. I mean, I kind of do, too. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so in 1885, very good year, they built Monte Cristo Homestead, which, of course, means Mount of Christ. Ah, because mm-hmm. of Jesus. Ah, yes. Uh, until this time, they had been living in, quote, a small brick cottage, which there are pictures of that. And that house is bigger than any house I will ever live in. The cottage in my bigger? entire life. Yeah, let, you a want me to? Small do you want to see it? Of course I do. Where is it? Where I is it? I love it when rich people call things like, oh, like here's, all the Newport cottages the that cottage. are enormous mansions. Yeah, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so I'm gonna look at this warlock. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, a that's two story. The old homestead. There's like six rooms. Straight up. Um, two story. There's like four dormers coming out the front side. Like it's wide as fuck, and I it's see got like two separate chimneys. Whole like heckin' veranda on the bottom. It's yeah. like almost the size of Mount Vernon. Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here is Monte Cristo. Right, the house that they go on to build. That... Yeah, which looks. It's like a. It's like something you would see in New Orleans, almost. It is, yeah. It's got that um, ornate wrought iron. Mm-hmm. Um, the Inner Monte Cristo house, uh, still just the two chimneys, um, and it actually looks like it is not as wide across as the. Yeah, possibly. As it's hard to tell, but, but it's fancy. It is fancy, definitely. Yeah, they build this hella nice house. And the old homestead that they were living in becomes the kitchen and servants' quarters. So they have, like, this whole estate now. Sure. They're super fancy people in town. Monte Cristo becomes a major place for social events. They have balls, and local landowners came to play golf on the area's first golf course. Perfect. Yes. Rich assholes. Like I said, they were super Catholic. Uh, Elizabeth was known to wear black lace dresses with a lace cap and a stand-up beaded collar, which is very Edwardian, too. It's just very... What a strange Very Sarah Winchester. Yes. Uh, Well, no, I guess that's not strange. It's appropriate to the time. Yeah. Um, But still. I think, like, Queen Victoria, she's actually compared a lot to queen victoria in both like in like her look and demeanor she's very strict oh okay (laughs) sorry when you say queen victoria no she was like a little taller she was still like somewhat like 
stout, like Queen like Queen Victoria in her later years. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited about that because I watched the show, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And right now they have young, sprightly girl oh. from Doctor Who. Yes. And I'm like, eventually she's going to look more like me than like you. <laughs> <laughs> All that beautiful yeah. rich do you think, living. Do you think they're going to make that transition in the show or are they just going to stop? <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> When say she stops them. being hot. <laughs> like, and then she stopped being useful to us. Yeah. Right. So she was always wearing this, like, you know, outfit. Which is kind of appropriate to the time, but she also had a reputation for ruling the house with an iron fist. So, like, super strict. Staff would later tell horror stories of mistreatment from their employers. Um, it reminds me of uh, New Orleans. Um, yeah, not quite that bad. <laughs> she didn't, like, car bomb them? Yeah, she wasn't quite, like... Sadist. <laughs> like that. But she was just really unpleasant. Like, super bitch. Okay, gotcha. Basically. And yes, I'm going to use that term because she was a real see you next Tuesday, it sounds like. Um, and so was he. <laughs> Fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, it sounds like they were kind of like real pieces of shit. Um, there's rumors that um, William Christopher... <laughs> Christopher William Crawley. <laughs> Mr. Crawley, I'll just call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's rumors that he was, like, preying on the maids and had illegitimate children with them. So not... It's almost not, not surprising. Great. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, tale as old as time. You know, Everything man meets shit. woman, they move to the wilderness... He gets tipped off and makes a lot of money. They become assholes. Uses his money to effectively rape people. But publicly, they're very good because of all the fancy balls and the donating land to the church thing. It's very relatable, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Capitalism. Feels familiar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they did end up having seven children that survived childhood, um, but there was one child baby ethel who when she was 10 months old was killed when a nanny was carrying her down the stairs and fell and dropped the baby and she died Ten thousand percent, my biggest fear when i had when siana was a baby mm-hmm. nope you know what we would do hmm. i would hold her very tightly mm-hmm. and we would take one step at a time uh-huh not none of this crisscross foot business Mm-mm. one step feet together have you seen russian doll Yes. The yes. part where she's like terrified to go down the stairs. Yes. She's like, exactly nah, fuck right. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, dropping kids downstairs is a terrifying notion. Oh, yeah. Now, um, so this nanny who dropped her down the stairs, um, she claims that before she was even falling down the stairs, she felt the baby being pushed from her arms. Oh. Babies move around a lot, and they're top-heavy because of their big brains and little yeah. bodies. Yeah. So, like, there are times. Yeah. But maybe. But maybe. But maybe but they maybe. built this house on cursed land. land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a very good chance of that, but, you know, that's... Okay. <laughs> it almost seems like a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Crawley died at Monte Cristo on December 14th, 1910, that's the age of 69. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Of blood poisoning from a carbuncle on his neck. Ew. A carbuncle's a goiter, right? It, mm, 
Do you know what a goiter is? Yeah, don't say like that's a thing. Other thing that I don't know the meaning of. Okay, Google the word goiter. I Googled carbuncles and I regretted it it. immediately. Do it. it. G O I T E R goiter. Oh, I don't like those. Literally, I Googled carbuncle last night and it came up with like a screened photo of like this is extreme graphic content. (laughs) Do not carbuncle right now. Uh, it is an abnormal enlargement of your thyroid gland. Um, kind of. So I, Did what you I see the picture though? No, I'm not. Go to images. I'm, why? Am, why would I do this? Why would you use? A why would I words? do this thing? Welcome. Oh, to... whoa! I have regrets about carbuncle. Yeah, told you. So you can get carbuncles in a lot of different places, um, and it's basically just. Um, Oh my god, I want to pop it. I want Something to pop it. getting infected. Right, 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 right. It looks like, I mean, effectively, it looks like an enormous zit. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pimple Popper would have a field day. Yeah, so what happened here was uh, those. Um, hmm? uh, sorry, my thought about goiter and carbuncle, I can see why. It looks like a lot of carbuncles happen around the neck area, and that's mm-hmm. where goiters sit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the cure to goiter, by the way, is iodized salt. Uh, the people of Appalachia were getting so many of them, the United States government started putting iodine, iodine in salt. That's why our salt has that now. Oh. And that's why we don't get goiters anymore. That sounds like some exorcism shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, carbuncle, not, so not the worst thing. So, Google at your own risk, but essentially those tall, starched uh, Victorian collars... Yes, would nick you. Would, yeah, irritate your neck and irritate the follicles and it gets infected and turns into a carbuncle and if you don't deal with that which is very simple you just drain it sure but he didn't deal with it correctly and he got blood poisoning yep and died i mean good riddance to bad rubbish yeah anyway um so that leaves elizabeth alone in the house for the next 23 years. Please tell me she goes full Haversham. During which time, it's rumored she only left the house twice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it when I smell love a breeze. a good... Crazy lady, cra- old in her home. Okay, well, crazy is... Hmm. All right, we can... Right, okay, so let me take this back. Um, love me a good uh, widow who never leaves the house. Yeah. I don't know. Right. There's just something about it. Right. Just That's where all the good stories come from. Can we stop using stigma terms? Yes. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, Take yes. it back. I'll walk it backwards. Uh, yes. So stories about people who never leave their houses are so unsettling. Yeah. And for the record, if Dan dies first, <laughs> that's absolutely how I end. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you, I will never leave my home. I will never do anything. I will just stay oh, inside and watch Netflix. There's just, it's so, you can be the, like the Boo Radley of your neighborhood. No. I'm not going outside to put stuff in a tree. Oh, that's true. No. I'm going to I'm gonna be a cautionary. Whale. I want to be like the, I mean, it's like, it's like you want to be the house on the street that everybody warns each other about. That's the goal. Yes. Perfect. I <laughs> Just really lean into it. <laughs> until the meals on wheels don't come for a while and, mm. you know, they find... Or just like mysteriously let them pile up. On your front doorstep. Let everybody wonder. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm actually fine. I I took the meals out and then just put the box back. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's a great plan. That's dark. All right, so uh, this lady pulls a full hammer. Big down. widow energy. That's right. No, if Dan goes first, I'm hot on his heels. Yeah, so she 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 leans full into it. Um, she stays inside, I guess. Uh, she turns an upstairs storage room into a chapel where she would sit reading the Bible for hours at a time. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. No, not that part. Uh, but see, the thing is, if everyone's too afraid to go in your house or to go visit you, they don't know what you're doing or not doing inside. That's true enough. Just play some Gregorian chant from one of the windows. Oh, ominous music. I'm pretty sure if everybody like wandered up to my house and they heard religious music coming from the inside, they'd be like, she's trying to scare us off. Get in there. Yeah, that's some Halloween shit. So <laughs> They would be like, all right, you're not funny. Open the damn door. Yeah. I would just be like, you know how there's always a Christmas house in every town? Yes. I know. Do you know where the one in Grand Rapids is? No. It's on College. Makes no. Sense. It's on Union. Okay. The street that I live on. Not anymore. Not for too much longer. <laughs> yep. Don't find me. Um, <laughs> anyway, find the Christmas house on Union. It's very good. But you should be the Halloween house. <laughs> I would love to be the Halloween house. Because All year round. That's how you, you got to really commit. Just like Wouldn't make all those decorations permanent. I put, I did kind of. I took all my decorations and I put them. This up is inside. It's got to be outside. outside. I know. But then you, who's gonna put them up for me? That's the thing. If you are the Halloween house, you don't have to put them up. Well, you had to put them up here. the first time. Right. But then you never have to take them down. Yeah. Well, we'll work on that. Yeah. Anyway, so she's sitting in her chapel reading the Bible, um, and she just was like always wearing her black lacy outfits and lurking about the place um but she ends up dying in the house as well because everyone dies in their house at that time that's not that weird right um on august 12th 1933 at the age of 92 of heart failure and a ruptured appendix oh that's a bad time that's not a fun way to die it's not fun that hurt the whole time she was dying yeah well well actually it was probably pretty short uh, an appendix is usually like a two-day intense pain, and then you're out. And heart failure, so like, which is also kind of like last minute. So like, in terms of like, cancer, right? Versus this, like, yes. it's awful and painful, but it's like confined to like two days. True, very true. So you're in and you're out. And she was 92 for Christ's sakes. Right. And also real mean. Real mean. Good riddance. Yeah. Um. So the homestead remains. In the family um, until 1948, when the last members of the family pieced out, and then it sat empty. Perfect. Yeah. You know you love a good vacated Victorian house. Filled with its abandoned. own- Abandoned. Right. Abandoned, filled with its own fucking chapel mm-hmm. and real mean a owners. Good, good chapel in a Victorian house that sat abandoned for decades Glorious. there's all kinds of energy in there oh <laughs> i super hope your house is haunted like i want that for you i'm like not looking for it but i'm also not like not looking for it do you know what i mean i do i understand <laughs> whereas i sought this house specifically because i felt nothing here i don't feel anything there there's nothing so here. I, I mean that way i'm only there for like a couple hours at a time because we don't live there yet but i feel okay about it like i don't feel bad we'll see how you are the first time you spend the night Mm. that's what makes a difference yeah but i've even slept out here in the barn and it's fine (laughs) everything's fine it is (laughs) everything's fine 
Remember when you thought the barn was haunted because of that loud noise? Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we caught that on recording because that was the loudest goddamn noise I've ever heard in my life. And you never heard it again? Never heard it again. Well, I mean, I've heard noises like that, which is why I figured out that it was probably just the wood yeah, cracking. Yeah, cracking. Because I heard sounds like it, but not that loud. Oh, my God. <sighs> okay. So the house is sits empty from 1948 until June 1963. Wow, that is a long time. It's a good long time. Um, And between there, there had been like an estate sale. So like a lot of the furniture is moved out. And there's also just like, you know, nature happening and also local kids looking to like make mischief. So there's like some vandalism that happens. Oh, it's the best. Um, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Just like, I was this. reading the story and I was like, this house has everything. <laughs> everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the next owners probably are a little like me because who else would buy this house? So in 1963, Reg Ryan and his wife Olive buy the house. I love the names Reg and Olive. I already like them. I like them too. I'm casting them as the Weasleys. Go on. Okay. Right? Don't they sound like a Reg and Olive? Yeah. Reg and Olive Weasley. Yes. Uh, So they buy it from the Crawley Estate for $1,000. Wow. In what year? The 1963. That's still... That'd probably be like... $10,000 $50,000 or something. I... Ten to fit. It's low. I don't know. Look it up. Definitely. Well, and you have to factor in Australian dollars versus. Oh, that's true. (laughs) It's it's a it's a low amount, right? Because I would imagine this comes with. I mean, it's two properties. It's it's like an estate, right? And they buy it, but it's definitely like hasn't been lived in or updated since the forties, and it's been like not taken care of yeah it's, it's a been a, it's been sitting abandoned it's a fixer-upper yeah yeah <laughs> to quote from uh uh frozen it's a fixer-upper yeah mm-hmm. i knew that's where you were going of course. <laughs> <sighs> so uh when they pull up to the house at night for the first time they find it completely lit up in every single room light streaming across the darkened lawn this house has never been connected to electricity. Nope. No. I would never have gone in right then and there. Yeah. I would have been like off like a prom dress. Yeah. We won't be staying And here. they're like, huh, interesting. They keep driving and the lights just like gradually go out as they approach. And they went inside. And they went inside and they still own it <laughs> to this day. Nope. Yeah. Either they're braver than me or stupider than me or both. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm that stupid. I. I mean, I guess I would be like, "What's going on?" You're like that stupid, like, "There's gotta be a." There's you a know, vagrant in there. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I'd be like, "Well, the vagrant can have it. Goodbye." <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I'm trying this again tomorrow morning. <laughs> I know. Nope, not me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am a coward. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. So the Ryan's son, Lawrence, they they do not give up. They go and they move in the house and they raise their son there. Um, have you ever seen the film The Conjuring? Mm-hmm. This That's is so only awesome. one of my favorite horror movies. You made me watch it. I, I did. Seen it. I did make you watch it. <laughs> and it was one of the greatest experiences. I wish we were recording that one. 
No. <laughs> I would have been. We I still have never seen that movie all the way through without covering my eyes. Well, who has? I don't think I've even seen it without covering my eyes for part of it. <clears throat> my point is, the Conjuring family made some similar choices. Yes. And I would not have. Yes. I would have been like, nope, this shit's out. I'm done. Only, only white people, I feel like, would would engage in this kind of nonsense. <laughs> yup. <sighs> anyway. Not enough fear. That's what I always say. Uh, so they raised their son Lawrence in the house, and he has always felt that there is something not quite right. <laughs> he probably lives in an asylum today. <laughs> uh, he said it always felt like something was watching. That's fun. That's that's, that's fun. A good time. And, you know, a young boy going through puberty, what he really wants is to be watched all the time mm-hmm. by some force. <laughs> Jesus, try masturbating. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking of. I, of course, that's what I wanted that's you to That's what of. everyone was thinking of. That's like, how do you even get off in that? That's, no, you can't masturbate in a haunted house. Yeah. And you know who's watching you, too. All the pictures where that the eyes that follow crazy. you Crazy. <laughs> the crazy Catholic no, people. Sorry, I keep calling and saying the C word. Yeah, okay. you got to stop doing that. No, no. Um, so those emotionally stunted uh, Catholic people who mm-hmm. don't care for masturbation. Yeah. Uh, poor Reggie's kid. Yep. What's his name? James? Lawrence. Lawrence. Right. Close. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to give myself that. <laughs> I could have been listening, but I'm doodling dicks, so. Yeah. Um, So he also uh, cites a series of events in the house's history. A series of unfortunate events? A series of unfortunate events, you might say, that he doesn't believe is all coincidence, but he doesn't really explain what he means by that. Um, So remember how I told you about the nanny who dropped poor baby Ethel down the stairs? Yeah. Um, She fell herself and claimed that she felt something push the baby out of her hands. May May not be true. We don't know. It's definitely a tragic accident. Definitely. Um, there was also a young maid who fell from the second floor balcony to her death. Mm-hmm. She. It's claimed that she was pregnant at the time with Mr. Crawley's child. Was she pushed by a spirit or was she pushed by the mom? Well, was she pushed? There is some... I couldn't get really get a good read because some sources say she fell and some sources said... She jumped. Okay. All right. Yeah. She could have done the initiator of that action as well. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Mm Mm-hmm. Ho, ho. Okay. Yeah. Um, There is another woman who is said to have died in childbirth on the second floor. Not great times happening on the second floor, I don't think. No. A lot of unhappy children and women. Um, And on the grounds itself... um, there was also some shit that went down. A young stable boy named Morris was sleeping with the horses. Wait, what um, do you mean? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just assume everybody's raping everything. Yeah, no. He's a boy. He's a young boy who is asleep next to a horse. Gotcha. Let's gotcha. say. Um, after he told his boss, presumably like the groomer or whatever, that he was too sick to work. Um this piece of shit thought this boy was lying and decides that the perfect solution to catch this boy in a lie is to set his straw mattress on fire. Oh, my God. The boy was not lying and, and was, in fact, too sick to get up and died. 
So that boy was murdered. Yeah. That was negligent homicide at best. At best. Definitely probably manslaughter at least. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Who's like, mm, this kid might be faking sick. I'm going to set his straw <laughs> yeah. mattress on. And he's Light a match, throw it. Yeah. Why would you ever put horses at risk? I know, right? This guy is... If this guy... If you don't value human life... At the very okay. least, he's not good at his job. Right. Like, You're in charge of the horses. Literally keeping the fire away from the hay is like priority numero uno. Because mm-hmm. occasionally, hay, I don't know if you know this, spontaneously combusts. What? Yeah, that's true. Uh, hay will spontaneously combust. Um, what's actually happening is that hay that's harvested wet gets moldy at the center, and that mold, uh, as it um, grows, creates heat, and it will light the rest of the hay on fire. Well, shit. Yep. We actually had that at the haunted house one year. We had one bale that went up, and we pulled mm-hmm. it out in time, but mm-hmm. it could have gotten Was rest. it mold or was it ghosts? pretty sure it was just mold okay uh, you never know let me have my thing that's true it also could have been the huge black rat snake that lived down there i don't like that get it mm, was enormous no the things get out get out (laughs) Mm -mm. so long as you weren't in the it's been well established (laughs) this episode i don't like snakes or spiders the spiders were pretty otherworldly too give me a haunted house any goddamn day i will take I yeah. would I would live in an actual goddamn haunted house over like just like as long as there's no spiders. Well, spiders can be sprayed for. Well, and it depends on the spider. It does. If it's a tiny one, whatever. Right. Dealing with it. Have you ever Tarantulas, get the fuck out. Have you ever heard of the uh houses? There's some out in Idaho or Utah mm, where I don't like where this is going. Uh snakes infested the walls. Fuck. No. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, the welcome to home ownership. No. Yeah, you could. No. Snakes can just appear in your house at any time. I don't. The older the home, the more Stop it. it is to have. Get out. <laughs> Not here. There's no snakes here. No, there are. Shut up. <laughs> uh, a good friend of the show, Connie, <laughs> bought a house, and uh, she has a rattlesnake living in her property. Michigan has rattlesnakes. Michigan has rattlesnakes? Yep. Yep. I think they're called masaguas. I like this. Yeah. It's like the only poisonous snake in Michigan. You know where they have a lot of them? Ann Arbor. Okay, well, fuck them. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry, Uh, I didn't mean to upset you, but also, yes, I did. You can have snakes on your property. Stop it. Please stop. You should check the basement of your house. I did. It's empty. Of snakes or spiders? Empty. I tell you. Stop it. In the state of Michigan? Get out. You're never more than six feet from a spider. (laughs) That's true. But they're usually smaller. Unless you're by a river. Which I am not. Then you'll be fine. There we go. Okay. Although the smaller ones are more poisonous. Stop it. (laughs) Uh, Now that we've taken this verbal side trip into your phobias, Uh, uh, what's next? uh, So possibly the maid killed herself. Yes. Or was pushed or it was a ghost who pushed her. I mean, I... Yeah, I don't know. Um, and... The boy had his thing lit on fire. His thing. <laughs> his mattress. Yes. Um, also, in a long line of shitty people being shitty, um, the housekeeper's mentally disabled son, Harold, spent 40 years 
chained to the wall of the caretaker's cottage. Inside or outside? Not that there's a good answer I to that. I don't know. But... Maybe both. Maybe they, like, brought him outside during I the day. I don't know. Uh, his mother would come and give him food. The children walking past would hear Harold howling and thought that the house was haunted. It is not by him. <laughs> Poor Harold. Poor Harold. Um, what years was this? It doesn't say. But, like, we can assume, like, the late like, 1800s. I'm hoping to God that. I mean, it was di- while people were there because they were right. the caretakers. So, um, uh, after many years. 40 years. Yeah. 40 years. I know. Mm-hmm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a real downer actually. Um, after many years, his mother died, and when townspeople went up to the homestead, they found Harold in the dairy. He had had no food or water since his mother died, um, but he was still alive. Okay, he was placed in a home, but he died a short time after. How awful. Yeah. So like, this is like not a happy place. No. Well, and these. Situations like that grow mm-hmm. with sort of a top-down energy. Like, mm-hmm. the master is doing these extreme things, so it's fine for me to do these extreme things. And yeah, and it's also probably definitely a case of, like, we don't know what to do. We don't want to send you to a home or can't. It. Yeah. So people have historically not been great about dealing with mental illness and disabilities um and in many ways still aren't (laughs) and and as we you know as we established uh they had more uh insane asylums than any other place in the world Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah this is not a great situation Mm -hmm. anyway um and then in Okay, that was a housekeeper's son. Okay, so I, I think I said caretaker a couple of times, but this is this next one is about the caretaker, but is different. Okay. Um, in 1961, uh, the caretaker. So I guess it was abandoned, but still had someone like kind of in charge. Sure. Kind of like a Harry Potter four situation. <laughs> See, I was thinking haunting of Hill House. Oh. With the uh, what mm-hmm. were their names? The like, Cranes. No, the, that's the family. Some of the D. Dudley's. Dudley's, that's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in 1961, the caretaker of Monte Cristo was shot and killed by a local boy after he had watched Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho three times in one day. He wrote, Die, Jack, die, on the door of the dairy, which you can still faintly see to this day. I don't know enough about the movie to know what that's referencing. Oh, uh, Nothing. The or die, Jack, die isn't maybe Jack is the name of the caretaker. Um, Jack would be the name of the caretaker. Or what? I also the the main murder in Psycho is a stabbing, not a shooting. Yep. Uh, so I don't think I can really put this on Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, you know those uh, violent movies, right. this, uh, inspiring violence. Um, mm-hmm. Nevertheless, that happened, and apparently you can still see the words now. So, <clears throat> so that's what, those are all the like tragedies that have happened. That's a lot of tragedies. That's a lot. For one property. That's a lot to happen. Um, and they're significant. It's not like, you know, like oh, we burned this boy alive. It's not like oh, she got whooping cough and died. Yeah, it's like but, so many haunted houses are just like oh yeah, this family lived here and then they died of natural causes and they're like, still here, which is still like a perfectly like valid way to get a haunting like 
we've got two straight up homicides, one possible homicide. Yeah. And like the torture and exploitation. I think like, yeah. For 40 years of somebody's child. Mm-hmm. Gross. Mm-hmm. Gross. And of all the help there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Mrs. Ryan has felt hands on her shoulders. Uh, she's heard her name called when she was home alone. She's heard footsteps on the balcony when no one's there. Uh, people have reported seeing um, the figure of Mrs. Crawley um, walking around the property, seemingly grieving and crying, um, wearing her, you know, usual getup. Uh, and there's also reports of strange lights, disembodied sounds, and unexplained mutilated animals on the property. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's... Nobody, like, a mutilated animal by itself is not great. An unexplained mutilated animal is yeah. super unfun. Unless you have a budding psychopath living nearby, and that's just what they like to do for fun on the See, weekend. Do you think that's better? Because that seems worse. I mean, yeah, it's not great for, like, the potential of, like, murder Having victims. A psychopath next door, but yeah. it does kind of, like, explain it <laughs> in a way that unexplained is troublesome sometimes i'd rather just believe that it was say i don't know a fabulous night panther (laughs) yeah we'll go with that just we'll go with that um there have been a lot of like ghost huntings there and they do well they do have like tours of this place it's a tourist place now yes um and how could you not be how could you like the only cure for this is to make money off of the trauma yeah for real um and so there's been a lot of mediums that go through there was one video that i saw of like this woman being like mrs crawley is right in in an australian accent i'm not i don't whatever and she's like she's right here in front of me i can feel her i can see i don't know so there's there's that um and there's also been a lot of um ghost photography that has come out of this house so take that as you will there's been a lot of like this picture of two women taking a mirror selfie they swear that that hand is not one of their hands you can't really tell because it could be one of their hands but they'd say that it's not Um, but there's also like ghostly figures that you can see do you want to see some of them yes i do okay Oh, yeah, sure enough. Mm-hmm. There's a shadowy figure that appears to resemble Mr. Crawley sitting or lurking above a carriage, mm-hmm. wherever in the carriage house. This is the one, I think, they always say, like, there's a hand reaching across the shot that's not hers. I think it's yeah, that right this there. one. Well, yeah, because you can see that I she has two hands on the thing. Yeah, the one woman has two hands on a phone taking a picture. And the other one's body is But turned. wait. That's not where the flash is coming from. So maybe she, this other woman is also taking a picture with flash. Maybe that's where her hands are. I'm not sure. I don't know. This is all great audio content again, Indeed. but we'll try to post we'll, the pictures. We will for sure post. Um, and then here's another picture that is could be... There's a black person right there. Yeah. An aboriginal actually, maid is she, what they guess. Yeah, like. she kind of does have that aboriginal... Mm-hmm. Um, look, as in like the shorter hair, wider features. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's very blurry, it so is, right. it's very difficult to tell. But it definitely looks like a human figure. It's just like it's, it's always up to like the people 
taking these these photos to really interpret interpret and be like you have to trust them in order to trust that they're not fucking with you basically true. very true um and with the skepticism always always oh that's a very narrow room it's a very narrow bedroom but with the shadowy oh my god i didn't even catch that oh and that has very clear outlines yeah oh i don't care for that shit at all move on move on i don't like that and i think that's it um so yeah there's like all kinds of ghost hunting shows recorded here and ghost photography there was actually a mockumentary horror film filmed here um called mirror house and it has terrible reviews and i watched the trailer and it looks awful but it's filmed there and it looks like they tried how fun Uh, so (laughs) you'll always have that um i really want to go visit um if any of you down under have gone to visit please let us know and please post pictures and stories about it because i want to hear everything and i want to know more we're obsessed tell us more um but yeah that's the story of the monte cristo homestead all right um so it is listener story time the best part of the show seriously everyone tells us that makes me feel a little bad about myself but it's fine (laughs) i never feel bad about myself but good for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we always strive to provide great content, even if it's created by you. Um, yeah, actually, and we appreciate you guys sending your shit with us. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So this one comes from uh, Grace, who I believe is in our uh, podcast group. Uh, Gracie? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Gracie. Yeah. No, it's Grace C. Right. We, we try to provide a smidgen of privacy. <laughs> <laughs> Having stalkers is not fun. Yay. Yeah. Um, so the subject of this email is my alma mater is Mad Haunted. Hell yeah. I love a haunted college. Yeah. Uh, so she says, hi, Kate and Jen. My name is Grace and I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've always been into creepy supernatural type stuff, which is probably why Halloween is my favorite day of the entire year. Girl, same. It is hands down the best day of the year. So when I found your show, I began binging it like crazy. I do have some pretty good ghost stories for you. But first, I have to gush a little. You two are so friggin' hilarious that it makes listening to your spooky stories alone in my apartment a little more settling. Good. <laughs> cool. Uh, That's this always feels great to just read very nice things about. I, this doesn't make me feel weird at all. It was well, Honestly, like I'm living for it because it was a hard summer. And I it was a hard summer. Love I very much appreciate people telling us that they enjoy it, but it also feels very self-gratuitous yeah. to read it out loud on our show. You're not good at taking a compliment. I'm not. I'm not. It's just, oh my god. Okay. Uh, but I'll keep reading because this is about you. Kate, after I listened to, I think it was episode 7, every time I can't stop laughing at something, I take a big breath and whisper, Queen Claude. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Queen Claude. Who names a Queen Claude? <laughs> I'm just gonna let that play out. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So she says. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. Do, do, do. I'm going to move on a little bit. Okay, so the fabulous college that I attended happens to be Nebraska's very first college. She's from Nebraska. Sorry, I, sk- I, sk- I skipped a small paragraph because it's this is long. I'm sorry, right, right. it's long. Um, so, you know, we had a few ghosts hanging around. Um, P.S. I, I went to Nebraska for the first time this summer. What were your thoughts? Flat. It's very flat. Yes. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it but was it's kind on of the, the... the center of two uh, mm-hmm. different ice sheets. So during yeah. the height of the last ice We age. came from driving through Colorado and the Rockies to going to Nebraska. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. this is a... This is a change. Something different. Um, but we, I went to the Pioneer Museum in Grand Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very cool because there uh, are still spots where you can see ruts from, from wagons. That's so cool because it was such a deep. Yeah. That's So awesome. many wagons went through. It was like a big stop on the way west. Sure. So. Sure. That's really awesome. That is really cool. Did you see any side huts? Nope. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, and this is, I complained about the length of this email, and now I'm digressing. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I wanted to share a few stories of encounters that I have heard of, as well as some that I've experienced myself. Yes. Yes. I was a theater student, a theatrist student, as she says. Yes. Glorious. The best. <laughs> yes. So I spent a majority of my time in our very old theater building. Which are all haunted, as we've discussed. Objectively. Yep. Yep. There's no arguing that. Um, it was not unusual for me to hear whispers when I was working alone in our costume shop and knew that there was no one else in the building. Cool, 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 cool. Common cool. theme. Our costume shop was behind our mezzanine balcony she put that in parentheses but we all know what a mezzanine is just in case just in case just in case you were not an obnoxious theater nerd like we are like we are um so, so from our stage we had a clear view of the door that led in there was behind them oh okay of the door that goes into the mezzanine quite often we would be rehearsing on stage when we would see that that door fly open with no one on the other side and no one working in the costume shop. Hard pass. Absolutely not. That's just like a very rude ghost, first of all, because you could be in the middle of a performance and that's very disruptive. It is. Yeah. We often joked that the ghost must love watching us perform because we frequently saw seats in the audience fold down as if someone were sitting in them, but of course it was rehearsal, so no one was there. Pass. Hard pass. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> like, you know, it creaks. That gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. That noise you just made made all the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Good. <laughs> uh, I heard once that a long, long time ago, there was a janitor who was trying to fix something in the mezzanine when he fell off his ladder to his death. This story was never confirmed, though. Sad. Mm. Yeah. You'd think that'd be in a newspaper somewhere, but... The researcher in me is like, come on, it's got to be in the archives. (laughs) Listen, man, she's giving us this information for free. Yes, yes, yes. You know how we feel about people. Well, that's why it's not confirmed. So, like, it may or may not be true. Right. Uh, It's fine. Um, Another building where there was a lot of paranormal sightings was the all-girls dorm. Another classic place. Yep. (laughs) To be honest. Got a lot of energy, lots of emotional energy. A lot of energy in a girl's dorm. (laughs) Uh, it's supposedly haunted by the women who the building is named after. Girls often felt as though someone was watching them in their rooms and even in the bathrooms. Well, at least it's a woman, I guess. Uh, <laughs> sure. Although, <laughs> people be gay. People be gay. So you never know. You Well, and on top of that, even if they're the straightest of straights, uh, Still and uncomfortable. Who amongst us actually is. Right. Uh, please don't stare at people, spirits. Rude. rude. Again, rude. 
Um, Again, trying to masturbate here. Yeah, uncomfortable. There's a lot of pent-up sexual energy in a dorm. Yup. And everything kind of smells like a hamster. Good times. Um, One girl even told me that she woke up one night to find her cell phone charger around her neck. Pass. Hard pass. That's, oh no, that's that's not good. That's, that's not at all the energy we're no, going for. No, no, we're not about that. Holy uh, shit! She promptly threw it on the floor and went back to sleep, <laughs> only right. to wake up with it once again wrapped around her neck. I don't even have words for that. Goodbye. I would stop having a cell phone. Goodbye. Promptly. I would move out into the woods. Uh, no, pack your bags and move away. You know that I wouldn't. That was a lie. That's a lie. That's... The woods are more haunted. And on top of that, there's no air conditioning out there. Yeah. Well, that's... I'm not trying to live like an animal. Yeah. Um, the scariest thing I ever saw in that building was in my dorm room. I was sitting on my bed, talking on the phone to my boyfriend at the time. All my windows were closed, and the air conditioning was not running, so I do not have a logical explanation for what happened next. Because my closet was super tiny, I had hung a command hook on my wall next to it where I hung my winter coat. Okay. I see it. Smart. I see it in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. I was facing this direction, talking away, when all of a sudden, one of the sleeves of my coat lifted straight up. Nope. It almost... Um, mm, I don't like that. I would have left again. I yeah. just would have quit school and become a vagabond. <laughs> it almost looked like someone had grabbed it and casually flicked it upward. Nope. Hey, that's... Mm. There is no good way to explain that. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, I froze completely still, scared out of my mind. Eventually, I noticed that my boyfriend was yelling my name on the other line, trying to get my attention. I muttered that I had to go and ran as fast as I could out of my room, down the hall to my best friend's room. That is the correct response. Yep. Get out. Find help. <laughs> and a boy on the phone, not help. No, no, no. Uh, when she answered the door, I promptly sobbed, there's a ghost in my room. Can I sleep on your floor? And I'm sure she let you. Yeah. And because then you friendship. probably just went back the next day because let's be honest, that's not where all your shit is. And I'm just going to let a ghost have your shit. Yeah, exactly. It's probably a good coat. It's probably fine. Over the years, I heard so many other stories. Students working in the art building late at night would hear footsteps coming toward them, but would see no one there. A security guard who was patrolling one of the buildings again late at night when he heard the clacking of high heels and a woman asking for her baby. Well, that should never have been at a university. Mm. Why would anybody be taking babies at a university? Why do you think she's dead? (laughs) (gasps) Two guys in the all-boys dorm who were using a Ouija board to ask the spirit in their room what his name was. Bad idea, kids. Don't do that. Especially not in your own house. (laughs) Right. Don't be bringing that energy to your bedroom. No, no. Uh, The board responded, Paul. That's fine. A year later. Yeah, see Paul. Yeah. Oh, a year later they found out that decades earlier, um, a man named Paul had been shot dead in that building. I don't like that. What is going on at this university? What happened here? Why are there so many people dying at your school? Hmm. And of course, the fact that about a century earlier, the town had a, built a new cemetery on this big hill in town, so they needed to move the already existing cemetery. Where was I located, you know, I might ask? Right below our student center and the girls' dorm. Mm. 
that's just poor city planning. Yeah. That's poor. That's some civil engineer should get fired. Yep. Do you want to know where the site of the old cemetery in my hometown is? Yep. It is under what is now a children's playground. Perfect. <laughs> that's... At least they didn't put houses on top of it. <laughs> is that better? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's across the street from the library. Heavens. Yeah. There were so many stories that a couple friends and I actually made a short documentary about the ghost in our town for journalism class. Fun. It lives somewhere on YouTube. You know you want to share that. Yeah, find the link. Oh, I couldn't find it when I looked for it recently, but I will send you the link if I do. Find oh, it. Excellent. Find it. Uh, I will leave you with the three scariest things that ever happened to me personally. I was leaving, I was living in a suite in one of the co-ed buildings with my roommate, Amanda. We did eventually have another suite mate, but she had not moved in at the time of the first two stories. Gotcha. One night we had been in our, we had been hanging out in our living room with Amanda's friend, Erica, but I had decided to turn in early. I was laying in my bed with my back turned toward our bedroom door when I heard her come into the room and start rummaging in her closet. I didn't think too much of it and continued trying to sleep. After almost a minute of it, I heard what sounded like someone tossing shoes across the room. Annoyed, I bolted up and yelled, Dude, what are you doing? There's nobody there. Immediately, I heard her yell from the other room, What, Rumi? As my eyes adjusted in the dark, I saw that there was no one in the room with me. But a bunch of her belts were now in the middle of our floor. Nope. No. Get out. <gasps> oh, my God. Grace, I mean, man, I am worried. I I cannot. I, I yeah. Um, nope. Hard pass. Okay. A few months later, I was sleeping and was woken up by her exclaiming, no, 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 no. I sat up quickly and asked her what was wrong. She was visibly shaken. She said that she had woken up a few minutes earlier, but not just kind of, but kind of laid, but just kind of laid there trying to go back to sleep. She rolled over and saw what she assumed was me standing beside my bed. Hey, Rumi, can't sleep either? She asked me. She closed her eyes, waiting for my response. When I hadn't said anything for a few moments, she opened her eyes again. She didn't see anyone standing beside my bed anymore. However, she did... Uh, see me cuddled up in my bed under about five blankets undisturbed. There was no one else in her suite. I do not have a history of sleepwalking, but if that was what was happening, I would not have had enough time to get back underneath all my blankets before she opened her eyes. No. I don't like people standing over you when you sleep. Mm -mm. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And people throwing shit around your room while you're trying to sleep. Like, it's bad enough that, like, the only experiences I've ever had were in the middle of the day and like at my place of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's cool. I can deal with that. Right. Daytime. <laughs> Daytime. A place that I can leave. A place I can leave. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by other people who can confirm what I just saw. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is no. Okay. My last one occurred several months after that. We were sitting out in our courtyard with our suite mate and some other residents of the building. From this courtyard, you can see directly into our living room. We were talking about random millennial stuff. (laughs) Relatable. When we casually pointed out our room, one of the other girls kind of started laughing and asked us which of our boyfriends had been dancing in the window the other day. Uh Uh-oh. 
We all stared at each other wide-eyed because we were all terminally single at the time. Nor did we have any guy friends that we had brought to the suite. (laughs) Trying to calm us down, the girl asked if maybe one of the guys in the building had snuck into our room as a joke. We told her that was impossible because we were all very anal about locking the door anytime we had left the room, even if it was just to run downstairs. We started keeping our blinds pulled after that because that's fine as long as nobody else can see it. You know what that makes me think of is the um, leather face doing the dance with the chainsaw. <laughs> that's very upsetting. That's, yeah, that's... You've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? No. But I know what Leatherface is. It's not that scary. I'm a child of the internet. But... Okay, okay. So you've probably seen that gif. Probably. Okay. I just can't think of it right now. Fair enough. That's fine. fine. Um, Okay. Uh, There are so many more stories like that, not just from the college, but from the surrounding towns. If you ever get bored, Google the Seven Sisters Road. Uh, I do feel a responsibility to disclose that despite all of that, I absolutely adored my college and and every single minute I spent there. I mean, yeah. Yay. That's good. And while, yes, I was constantly creeped out, I never felt threatened or even the presence of something dark. If anything, I felt a calm sort of creeped out, if that makes sense. I get it. It's like... That's how I felt at the farm. Objectively unsettling to, like, see things move or see things that shouldn't be there. But at least it's not something you have to really worry about. Yeah, then the moment passes and you're like, huh, okay. Well... (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, 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 that makes sense to me. Grace, thanks for sharing those. Yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing your stories. Um, guys, and... thanks for putting up with our hiatus. Yeah, and thanks for listening again. You guys made it, and we made it through the summer the and worst summer. Oh my god, we really needed that break, but it's it does feel really good to be back. I imagine trying to do the podcast and have all that happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not okay. <laughs> all right, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a fortnight. Mm-hmm. And Jen, take us out. Uh, follow us on social media. Oh, right, that. Whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> we're so good at this. Oh, guys, guys, we promise. We super double awesome. We promise. Are working on top on merch. We are and a Patreon. Yeah, it's coming. We're putting it out into the universe like the secret, and it will. It will materialize. It will materialize for us. That being said, if you want to create a, I don't know, t-shirt design for us or come up with some fun slogans that you would want. Yeah, like if you remember anything from the quote, the show that was like a fun quote or something cool. Because here's the thing. We can't remember anything funny we've said. We aren't really sure that we're funny at all. Yeah, we don't believe it. So if you, you know... Make requests is yeah. what we're saying. Tell us tell us what works. Tell us what... Like, if you would wear something on a t-shirt or a sticker to slap on your water bottle, mm-hmm. let us know. Let us know. Um, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Jen is unemployed. I am employed, so she mm-hmm. can figure that out. And... I'm unemployed, but just got a house that we need to fix up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So bear that in mind. So remember that... My full-time job is painting right now. Right. And pulling carpet staples. So if you've waited this long, you can wait a little bit longer, but Mm -hmm. please be patient with us. We promise to get it done before the end of this season. Yes. So sometime between now and next June. (laughs) Hopefully sooner than that. Hopefully before Christmas. Yeah. But here's hoping. Until then. (laughs) 
<laughs> Stay spooky, motherfuckers. Love you all.